Hello, and welcome to Cherie Lindbergh's Elevated Life Academy, Stories of Hope and Healing. Through raw and heartfelt conversations, we uncover the powerful tools and strategies these individuals use to not only heal themselves, but also inspire those around them. Join us on this incredible journey as we discover the human spirit's remarkable capacity to heal, find hope in the darkest of moments, and ultimately live an elevated life. Welcome to another episode of Elevated Life Academy. I am Cherie Lindbergh, and I want to welcome our guest, Lisa Williams. I'm going to let her introduce herself, and I would love for you to talk about the class you have coming up. My name is Lisa Williams. I'm a psychic medium. So for the last, oh gosh, now I sound really old, but for the last 30 years, I've been working as a psychic medium. But when people say to me, what do you do? I'm like a psychic medium. They go, oh, you're a psychic on the street. And I'm like, no. So I've been doing this work for a long time. And now I teach and I go around the world. I've written several books, had TV shows and everything else. So it's been really my life's lesson of connecting with people, their energy, just so many different things. But I actually feel as though it's all healing. I'm a psychic medium, healer, soul transformer, whatever you want to call it. Beautiful. So how did you trust and embrace your gifts and maybe share a story about how some of those gifts, like you're saying? So I didn't quite discover my gifts in, I guess, the way that most people would think. My grandmother was a psychic medium as well. So when I was growing up, it was not uncommon for my grandmother to have a deck of tarot cards on her mantelpiece and for people to be lining up and trying to get a reading and her phone ringing off the hook. So going into my grandmother's house, ironically, I wasn't really close to her. There was a separation. I think it's just family dynamics. But she said to me when I was 19, she said, you have the gift. And I'm like, what gift? What are we talking about? And then she said to me, you're going to do what I do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't speak to dead people. And she said, no, you will. You'll be in America. You'll be famous. And I was like, not really. And then obviously it all transpired. When, When a psychic tells you these things, you expect it to be immediate, but it doesn't actually happen that way. So obviously... I I started to develop it very slowly, but I'd had it since I was four years old. I was seeing things, I was feeling things. I remember a story about my grandmother changing my bedroom wallpaper because the faces were looking at me. My mom and dad were frustrated. My grandmother said, give her some leeway because she has got this gift. It really does need some honing. But I was very young. And I think over a period of time, doing it now for 30 years, I've seen so many transformations. Someone who is super, super religious, who has connected with his mom and said, God told me I needed to come and speak to you today. Through to someone who was healed from cancer and past life traumas. It's remarkable. I mean, there's so many stories that I could tell you. It's just incredible. What's coming up for me right now is, do you remember the first time that you actually, did you hear, see, feel somebody? I totally remember. One time I was really consciously aware. I was selling timeshare up in the Lake District of England. I was dating this guy and he was away on business and I'd gone out with some friends of mine. And probably about a week beforehand, this girl said to me, she said, I'm a medium. And I went, Okay, 
my grandmother does that. And she said, and you can too. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. So anyway, she was selling timeshare with me. Her name was Amanda. Sorry if I'm calling her out, but she was amazing. And I never forget this, where she actually said to me, you have this gift. So we went out and had a few drinks on a Friday night. So we only had one bed in our house. So of course she's, as girls do, she slept in the bed. She said, well, let's see if you can do this. I'm like, yeah, right. I don't know about this. So I went and I thought I was making up. I said, there's a man standing at the end of the bed. She said, who? And I said, I don't know. He's like your dad, but he's not your dad. And he died of a heart attack. She looked at me and she went, wow. And I went, what? I couldn't connect with him. I just knew it. And she said, my adopted dad died of a heart attack. And I went, no, oh my God. Of course we'd had something to drink. And uh, I was literally just having a moment and freaking out. But that was the first time I ever tried to do it. What was interesting about this is I've been playing around with it for a very long time since I was 19. So I kind of been doing psychic readings, but the mediumship, that was the moment that the mediumship dropped in when I was 23. Psychic stuff, easy. But mediumship was so different. And I kind of had this freak out. So after that, did it take you some time to trust? Or did you just start practicing or just started to naturally open up? So I've been doing, I've naturally opened up anyway. As soon as my grandmother said, oh, you can do this work. I bought myself some tarot cards. I bought myself a pendulum. You go out and buy all of these tools of the trade. And so at that point... I started to mess around. I'd done a few little connections for friends of mine, but it was, wasn't really anything serious. And then she started to say, oh, you can do this work. I told the woman who was going to be my mother-in-law, I'm doing this. She said, well, read for me. So I read, read for her as well. And then I went, oh, I don't see me marrying this man. It was so bizarre because I was engaged to him. And it was so intriguing to be able to have an insight into it. But I started to practice and play around. And it was within six months that I ended up having my first client. So, yeah, I, I was not expecting it at all. Well, you and I met because of your spiritual entrepreneurship group. And you agreed to have a brainspawning session with me. I did. I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and feelings about that. So it was really transformative. Okay, so I needed to understand what you did. I needed to understand. It's easy to actually direct somebody in the psychic medium business and how to get the best out of their business. This was something that I'd never really heard of. And I am very much into the mind, into the science behind things, because doing this work as a psychic medium, you, you're going to encounter skeptics. I call them the septic skeptics. You really need to have some science behind it. So I really started to study the brain and neuroscience. And when I did it, I remember exactly where I was. I was away. And there was a point that I really was intrigued and so I started to look at it and a lot of the time whenever I talk to people in this industry is like oh, I can't charge this amount of money or I can't and it's always around money so I decided to choose money taking me back into those moments of understanding where my fear came from and concern came from I got it and for the first week I was just absolutely in awe and I was constantly bringing my inner child of going it's okay Lisa you're no longer seven again you're no longer 14 and 
understanding her, there was a circumstance that somebody said, okay, we need to raise some money for something. It wasn't a personal thing. It was for somebody else. And in my head, I went, okay, where's that feeling? So I went back into that Friday night when the, the guy, John, used to come around and I went, oh, so you're just going back into that fear again, Lisa. And I just spent a moment nurturing that inner child and it changed my life absolutely transformed it to the point that now I, I'm the person I okay let, let's not worry about where the money's coming from let's understand another a different way and trying to help navigate and honestly you have no idea because we had a tornado here last week and it was the day I was having dental surgery, which is my two biggest fears, a tornado and then dental surgery that happened on the same day. And so we then lost power the day after and half of the following day. I live on the internet. I got no service. I had to then go back. I did a little bit of brain spotting. I had to go back into that moment and say, all right, what is it about not being connected into the world? And again, it was fear. It was fear of being able to not earn money. And I relaxed. And then the internet came on and it forced me to have a day and a half rest because I wouldn't have done, but I needed to because of my surgery. And I'm not kidding you, as soon as the internet went on and I'm like, okay, trust Lisa. I have to say, everybody needs a brain spotting session. I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> you didn't, but if you're listening to this, it's amazing. It is absolutely insane. And it's so simple. You need to be facilitated to get to that point. And it's incredible. Well, I just want to say, Lisa, that your brain caught on very, very quickly. And so you recognize the patterns and triggers and you're going back to where it originated and also soothing the younger part of you that held that old information, be able to come into the new mindset, the new perspective and release any scarcity or fear around that. Yeah. So that is that is unusual for some folks, but I know you've done a lot of personal work. You can switch very quickly. You got the trigger, you feel it in your body, you find the spot and it just flushes right through your yeah. system. That's what I'm hearing you say that you experienced. So I'm glad to hear that's been a, a useful tool for you that you've been able to let go of things getting in the way of what you want. Absolutely. It was really interesting how it all opened up, how mm -hmm. it all sort of, became this big aha moment. I think that was probably the right thing to say. It became this massive aha moment. This, oh, that's interesting. Wow. Huh. Interesting. And so all of those things came about. It was incredible how it triggered. I didn't use it per se, but I kind of worked with it. Because obviously learning neuroscience, you talk about the, the eye accessing cues and everything else. And what was really interesting, I used it on a client or very similar, um, not really a client, in a big audience. And we worked through his own issues with his father. He got angry and everything. This works. Oh, my God. Now, I am not a brain spotting expert, but there was a because of the work that I've done, there's so many different avenues and techniques that I've worked with. Wow. Wow. Everybody needs to do it. Everybody needs to understand it. Because I think they, once they work through it, and I can see the resistance why people would find it hard, because I know in my work, people are so in their head. It's almost like they've got this disconnect from head to body. And I'm like, relax, go into the feelings. Sometimes I just kind of want to shake them a little bit. But I can understand why it'd be so hard for some people who I call heady, 
when they're so overthinking, they're in that head space. But I like to work on the ancient medicine wheel where we are, there's four different directions. When we're so in our head, we have to drop into our heart. When we're so into spirit, we have to drop into our body, opposite and complementary. We could go completely this around the medicine wheel. So I feel as though there's elements to it. It's not always going to be easy for people. Absolutely. I mean, I think folks have their own readiness for healing. We all say we want to heal, but it's like, do you really? What if that means leaving a relationship or leaving a job or leaving a friendship? People want the healing, but they don't want to let go of things that are comfortable or, or familiar. So sometimes it can take a little bit longer for people to work through that and get to acceptance. Your brain made the connections with all those memories and you're like, oh, that's why I fear it right now because of all these old memories. Yeah, it really was. And all of a sudden you went, are you good? I went, yeah, I'm really good. Everyone needs a brain spotting session with Sherry. Thank you. So share with me in your career or in your life, because it sounds like your, your mission is, to be, to be a psychic, to help people, comfort folks, help with healing, to facilitate healing. When was there like a, a challenge for you? And how did you overcome it? I think there's always been a challenge. This work has always become easy for me. The challenge for me has been very much in the recent years where I have been cornered so much into mediumship because of the TV show, because of what I've known for, because of the books that I've written. I'm cornered. I'm cornered into that niche market. But before I came to America, which was 18 years ago, I trained as a healer. I was a lifestyle consultant. In today's world, you're a life coach. It was before coaching became a big deal. And so I've been doing this work for a very long time. My hardest challenge has been to be accepted outside of the world of psychic mediums. I'm recognized for it just to be pure energy work. And what's interesting is I feel that the psychic, the medium, the healing, the helping people transition in, into spirit all come as one because it is a healing modality in all sorts. So I think the main encounter that I've overcome is myself. I am always the problem. I start overthinking things. I start believing what people I'm saying never Google yourself. Apparently I'm ranked like in the top in the world of the top four psychics, but I'm classed as the nice one. But it's so funny. I think we're always the problem. I am always the problem. If I can't connect, I'm the problem. What's happening with my energy? If I can't connect to source, I am the problem. If spirit is not connect, it's always me. So I have to look at it and say before I do anything, Am I in the right position to do it? Am I in the right energy space? Am I in the right mind space? And then I move forward. And I am very rarely without a bloody pendulum. Or I, if, I, if not, I muscle test. I have to be in the right space. It, it's always me. That's my yeah. challenge. I'm hearing almost like not just connected to self and spirit, but like in a flow space. Definitely. It's part of self-worth, especially if you come from corporate America or you've come from a very corporate space. My dad used to say to me, when are you going to get a proper job? People haven't always seen this as a proper job. I've been doing this professionally for 26 years. And so in this work, it's now become very acceptable. The work that we're doing it has started to replace certain techniques and therapy modalities. With the amount of work that I have done, I have got the experience to step into the work. 
It is being in that flow space. It is understanding that we are valuable. We have value in society. And we're not seen as some cuckoo person on the corner of the street, crystal ball, or we're going to put a curse on you or something. And I think it's very valuable that we start to treat ourselves as seriously, that we do have a place in the world. Beautiful. Well, tell us a little bit about this class that's coming up. So one of the things I've always been passionate about is healing. I had a journey, my own little dance with cancer many years ago. And I read the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay which was very transformative. Then the more I started to step into healing, the more I started to see people healing their life. I was teaching a course called the Certified Spiritual Advisor course, which incorporates healing, psychic and medium. And then I noticed as I'm teaching the healing, I was like, there's more to it. There's more to it. What is it? There's more to it. I realized that I was just scratching the surface to any form of healing. And so now I have done a deep dive into ancient healing techniques. And I actually understood this from doing a plant medicine journey. I'm not ashamed to say it, very much open into it, but I did a plant medicine journey. I was shown that I needed to heal, but it was more than being a psychic medium. And I was like, how's it going to happen? It's taken about 18 months to come to fruition. And I remember seeing it. And I wasn't sure how it was going to look, but what it was is helping people transition in the space of dying. And if they, because we can't stop people dying, we're always going to have death and taxes, two things we can't escape. Okay. And then when we also have this other part of it is I'm going to help you heal from either ancestral trauma, lineage, childhood trauma, whatever it might be, emotions, anything that is holding into your body. And then if I can't, I want to help you pass over. So this course goes into all different ancient healing techniques, all different techniques that I've modernized, or I've come up with a different viewpoint, a different way of looking at putting science behind it. I'm working with a particular integrative medicine doctor as well. I'm working with a dentist and I'm working with all of these different people to actually bring everybody on this course some of the most groundbreaking technology and results to actually help the healing. Working with this doctor who's actually ironically coming on the course and he actually, I was going through the airport and I was talking about this doctor and someone overheard me and he said, that, that guy saved my life. So we're bringing forward these powerful people who are going to actually share, not just let's put our hands on people, but these deep techniques to come into full body alignment so that we can get the best out of our health while we're living the life that we want to live. Oh, wonderful. We will make sure that we have a link to this training in the show notes so that people can access. Fabulous. Thank you. Very interesting to learn more about it. I'm working with some that are shamans from Peru as well, uh, wanting to talk about energy healing, vibrational medicine, these things that, like you're saying, are cutting edge and they're very, very real, starting to come in, like biofield mm-hmm. science, energy, Reiki. There is scientific evidence that these all work. Yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing. And there's that, it's a little piece of the world in Peru when these shamans are working with, with, the plants and it's a source that we just ignore and we don't really think about or anything like that 
And it's so powerful that we have the opportunity to access this knowledge. And when we sit with the plants, it's amazing what wisdom they give you. And I truly probably could have still be sitting here as a psychic medium in the same old little routine if I hadn't have done the opportunity to have this awareness and this experience to know, hey, it's okay to change my life and I'm going to be okay. And it's been the best thing since I've done it. I love it. Well, it sounds like you're evolving. Yeah, we're all evolving. I mean, look at us. The seasons change. You don't think the trees evolve as well. They're always growing stronger and moving. It's a powerful thing, especially if we look at nature. All we do is mimic nature. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share about your course and your healing journey. So just thank you so much for being here, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's been fabulous. Thank you for joining us on another uplifting journey on Sheree Lindbergh's Elevated Life Academy, Stories of Hope and Healing. If you found resonance or connection with what you've heard today, we encourage you to share this episode and consider becoming a subscriber. Please spread the word so others can live an elevated life.